Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. So there is a documentary that I want to talk about. Okay. Off the top. Okay. But first, how was your week? Well, it was a toxic, traumatic shit show. Oh, okay. So normal? Yeah. Normal mm-hmm. week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I managed to convince my husband to let me order the brand new Samsung phone on the day that it came out for pre-order. How did you do this? I've had a problem with my texts being sent out and my phone calls dropping and I really thought it was my phone, but then I was talking to someone else that has AT&T, and now I think it was an AT&T problem. Oh, well, you know. It's already on pre-order, so you can't undo that. Exactly right. Oh, no. But here's the thing, though. I'm trading in my phone. Oh, so yeah. it's only like $5 a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, eh. Yeah. Even much. then, it was only going to be like $30 a month, and he was making a big deal about $30 a month. I was like... I just traded my phone and I'll, it'll be $5 a month. He's like, well, if it's only $5 a month, you can do it. I'm like, why are you acting like we're destitute? <laughs> You're like, dude, chill. Like, it's just a new phone and not like asking for a new like house or a new entire Mercedes or something. Well, and then I go, I go, I have the S10 and it's the S23. That's like 13 phones ago. And he oh, goes, shit. He goes, they went from the S10 to the S20. So it's not 13 phones ago. It's like three. Oh, they did? Oh, so they don't do it. Okay. I didn't know that either. I don't know the names of the phones. Well, I knew that. I was just trying to like... Oh, you were trying to like... Him, and yeah. he was like on top of that. Gosh darn it. Don't you hate when you're right? You're like, why are you right again? No. This is not acceptable to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then what really pissed me off was right after I pre-ordered my new phone right and then i of course then i need a new case a new screen protector oh yeah because it's a different all, size all the things yeah, right yeah he's like really you're killing me i'm like i need all the things for the new phone do you want me to get it scratched I don't because think you do. if i break the new phone you're gonna fucking lose your shit so then later that day i'm in the kitchen cooking dinner and he goes you know Maybe Podson needs a new phone, too. Mm. I'm sorry, what? Now all of a sudden he needs a new phone? But I couldn't have a new phone earlier, so now it's like totally chill. Okay. I'm like, what? Now every... But he's like, maybe we could all use new phones. What? Now we all need new phones? (laughs) I fucking had to basically like... Beg you for this. And then now you're like, yeah, 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 no worries. You're like, wait, what? It's that easy? Had I known, right? I'm like, you, I'm still pissed off and traumatized. So I think he's, I think he's starting to learn to flip it and reverse it on your ass and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only do we need your thing, all of us need one too. So I think, I think I'm starting to pick up what he's putting down here. This is his way. You know what I'm saying? Well, he already did that. So this is what happened. So I said before the whole $5 thing, when it was $30, I said, 
we can, I said, I can get a phone and then we can just give my phone to the pod son because his phone is older than my phone. Right. Because when I got this, when he got my old one. Right. You just always, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of yeah. And he goes, well, if your phone's such a piece of shit, why do you want to give it to your son? So it turned into a big thing. And then I just, I turned into a giant fucking toddler as I do when I don't get my way. And I said, fine, I just won't get the phone. And then he's like, no, no. And then you get the phone. And so I threw a big fit and I did not talk to him for several hours. We were iced in. So it was even worse. Yeah. And I threw a big fit and then talked to him for several hours. And he was like, if I knew which phone it was and how to order, I would do it for you. Because I said you could have it. Uh-huh. And then eventually, I was just trying to get my order of the new phone. And then I didn't understand why it was charging me $99 for a $5 phone. And I had to get him involved. Fuck. And you're like, damn it. Now I, I do actually need your help. And Fuck. I hate that I need your help Fuck. right now. Fuck. And he was like, well, I thought you weren't going to get it. Fuck you. I am. Shut your face. I want a new phone. <laughs> Give me my new phone. Get out of my head. Go away. <laughs> so then I looked at him and I said, I am getting the phone because I know what you were doing. You were just doing, you figured out what I do to get my way. And you figured out how to counteract that so I don't get my way and get mad and not do what I want. You figured out how to reverse psychology me, and I'm not going to fall for it, so I'm going to get my phone. Oh, God. And then several hours after that is when he pulled the, well, maybe we could all use new phones. I'm saying, I think, I think that's what he's doing, man. I think he's got your number, and he's like, okay, fine. I want something out of this deal, too, then. <laughs> what he really wants is, like, a fucking blowjob, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're like, no, sweetie, I'm too old for that shit. Get out of here. <laughs> I told him 20 plus years ago, we married now. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm done as of, mm, and the ring is on goodbye. <laughs> now, as of now. Oh, shit. Well, speaking up kind of, of something around that, I guess. Sure. Pamela Anderson's new documentary <laughs> on Netflix is actually phenomenal. I mean, that was a good segue. That was actually. Pamela Anderson. Hey. You watched um, that? I Of course I did. It was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like, first of all, I watched the Pam and Tommy show. I know I kind of felt bad for watching it because, you know, she wasn't really jazzed about bringing up past trauma. And now I'm like, oh, shit, it did actually kind of bring up a lot of past trauma because, you know. They didn't authorize it through her. I really wish, when they do shit like this, I really wish they would get the people who, get them on board. Come Here's on, guys. Here's the thing. They won't be on board, and then it won't happen, so right. they're never going to do that. Of course. It's all about money. I get that. But I will say this. After watching the show, Pam and Tommy, and then watching her documentary about that time period, they got a lot right based on what she said. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Actually, they got a lot correct, and I think they... Again, I'm not her. Put her in a really good... They kind of echoed what she was feeling at that time. Like, I'm a woman. You're a man. You're a rock star. This is street cred for you. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm a whore now. So, like, this is not a good look for me, dude. Here's what I want to know. How did some chick from Vine end up marrying Tommy? 
Oh, who knows? I don't know what he's doing. Who knows? Who knows, dude? That's who he's married to now. Also, like, Vine, that was, like, 45 years ago. I don't really know what that is, and I... It's pre-TikTok. It's pre-Snapchat, pre-TikTok. I've never used it. I don't know what it is. I'm fucking old. We've established that many fucking times. (laughs) All I know is, this chick's now in the news because she's made some comments. I don't know what they are because I don't pay attention or read it because I don't fucking care. But I did see some thing way before all of this where she was on there talking about how she's now married to Tommy Lee or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you're, it's a whole thing where he's like, but fuck years older than her. Oh yeah. And again, he's a rock star though. Right. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. And how are you married to him? And like, this is not making sense to me. And he doesn't tell him to explain it. Because he's a rock star. I mean, like literally, let's just start there. Okay. Also, he has a large member from what I understand. Um, I have not seen the video, y'all. Okay. First of all, does it even still work after all the drugs he's done? Sis. We all know Viagra still works, even if you're on drugs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they but trust, trust me. They made sure that it would work with. Here's my thing, though. You got, like, Viagra, you got to plan it out. Well, there's also other stuff you can get that's, like, you know, long-term. So then when the moment happens or whatever, what's that I other one? I don't know how those drugs work because we don't need it. Right. Right. But, yes, there are... All, I highly doubt he has problems in that area, is all I'm going to say. Because he's well-known to be... I, I'm just Fine. saying, we in all know. Department. We, Rockstar probably done a lot of drugs. Drugs affect that area. Sure. So I'm just saying. Also, like, I get, I get it. Like, here's Jeff Goldblum in a minute. He is literally 30 years older than me. In a minute. His wife is my age, actually. My, his wife is my age. His wife is 30 years older. They have two adorable kids. In a minute. Sign me up. Right? Like, I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong. He's my rock star, but the Pamela in her own words is fascinating because I grew up thinking she was trashy and just awful and like what a woman shouldn't be. Like that's the opposite of what a woman should be. A woman should be like sweet and modest and and Christian and you know, the direct opposite. Because you grew up in that crazy Christian cult. 100%, 100%, 100%. So there's that. And then... I've obviously since then had to unwire a shit ton, still working on it. And now just seeing her, it's like, yeah, who actually did give, why did we give so much of a shit about her tits? Like who cares about boobs? It's just boobs, dude. Like why does anybody care? And literally everyone was asking her like, can we talk about the elephant in the room? She's like, my boobs? And they're like, yeah, like, are they real? She's like, no, they're not real. Like, and she was like, perky. who gives a fuck? Why do you care so much about my tits? Which actually, yeah, why, why? Why well, do we care? I, I think back during that time, it was like more, I don't want to say controversial. That's it was though. You're right. It was more controversial. Like fake boobs. And to have any work done and say you've had work done was a yeah. big fucking deal. Yeah. But looking back now, you're like, that was so stupid. It's like we were all fifth graders like, she's got fake boobies. And like the whole world was like losing their shit about that. Because you didn't talk about it. Yeah. And she did. And that was a problem. Yeah. It it was just, it's just like Marilyn. Honestly, it's literally like I watched the Marilyn documentary. I watched that and I was like, this is so weird. It's weird because 
She's our Marilyn Monroe. She is. She is our sex symbol for our time period. See, I would have put that on, oh, god damn MS brain. You know the other one. Oh, god, that married the really old man and died. Oh, oh, god. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Nicole yelling. They're yelling. Smith. Huh? Nicole something Smith. Yes. Nicole Smith. Yes. Yes. I would say she's, but she's more to me a shadow of Pam because she had very Pam-like things. Pam was like, she Anna was- Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Thank you. Yes. But also you have to keep in mind, we're two different generations. But Pam is your generation. She's in her fifties. So she's Gen X. I still, I, I'm still going Anna Nicole Smith. Okay. That's fair. Absolutely. I think that it's just interesting that that archetype of a woman who is sexually like totally chill with her body is considered, like I said, like a whore or some shit like that in our society. Even today, even today, as much as we've gone past that, if you see a woman like doing something promiscuous, there's still people who out there who are like, I mean, shit, the Missouri law, let's actually talk about this. The Missouri law where lawmakers in their, I think, I think it's Missouri, Michigan. I think I'm going to say Missouri. Lawmakers have to wear something over their shoulders to cover their bare arms as a woman. That is a law for the lawmakers making the laws. They have to come to work. And they're actually thinking about adding another layer to that. And the woman who's defending this bill, I saw this, I was like, this oh, is Oh, there's beyond. a woman defending it? Yeah, it's a woman defending it saying like, well, I just assumed that all women would understand what a professional work attire meant in the office. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I've seen plenty of professional work dresses with that are sleeveless. Yes, like a shift dress. Yes. So yeah. shut the mm-hmm. fuck up. But Don't yeah, fuck no. Yourself. This is the. That's what I'm saying. This shit is still a conversation in 2023. Yeah, just like you know, civil rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Which, can all go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's insane. So I I liked it. I actually enjoyed hearing her words for from her. Mm-hmm. And much like. Marilyn, she's smarter than anybody gave her credit for. And it was like, no, just play the dumb bimbo. That's what we want you to be, is the dumb bimbo. And she's like, okay, you know, but she actually just did Chicago on Broadway, April 2022. And people said she was fucking amazing. They're like, we had no idea she had this in her. It's like, because you didn't want her to have this in her. Right, right, right. You wanted her to be that blonde bombshell bimbo. And that was it. Right, exactly right. And it's shitty because as soon as you have big boobs, you're kind of put in that category. Like, oh, this is all you can be. Right. So, yeah, I recommend watching it. It was interesting. It definitely, my preconceived notions. Now the next step is Paris. Okay, so apparently Paris Hilton isn't the girl that we all knew her to be and she was all an act. So. Apparently. I 100% can get on board with that. So on some streaming show, I'm going to go probably Netflix. Probably Netflix. There's like this stupid ass show, Cooking with Paris. What? Okay. I fucking watched it. You did? I did. What was it like? Is she, is she, was it an act? I can 100% say, watching Cooking with Paris, I can say that's 100% an act. And Cooking with Paris is an act. I can tell like, that's an act. Okay, so the whole, like, real, the real life or real whatever with her and Nikki and her was, like, all an act. I, I can see it now. Like, when you... Okay. When you watch, watch one episode of Cooking with Paris and 
tell me that's not fake. Okay. Because, like, I also heard she went to one of these terrible, like, you know those boot camp schools Mm -hmm. that they send kids to? Those are actually just torture camps. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Those things need to be shut down. Shut down. Yeah. She went to one of those. Yeah. So she also was, like, apparently had, like, sexual assault survivor and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. So... I'm, I'm educating myself on all the people from back in our day that they told us were, you know, women not to be like Brittany, Christina, Paris, Pamela, you know, all these women that they said were, you know, essentially the antithesis of what a good woman is or good person is. That's your Christian cult background. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all are Y'all are just sexually repressed, man. Y'all just like get all nervous around boobies. Like that's what it really is. Do you want to know who my rock star was? Who? David Beckham. <gasps> Girl. Oh my God. Well, you have. I mean, what what person in their right mind? And I'm saying person, man, woman, space I even, alien. I can't even say his name without getting home. The vapors. <laughs> Me too. David Beckham. I mean, just. I don't give a shit what his voice sounds like. I, I'm i not here for that. I don't care. He's not here to talk, okay? No. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what he sounds like. You don't need to. It's fine. Does it matter? No. Exactly. First of all, that man looks good. Oh. And then he's got the tattoos. Tattoos. Oh, the tattoos. And they're like all over now. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. I also have this. It's this not a problem. problem. No, <laughs> it's not. It's really not it's a not problem a at all. Not Sir, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And come to America. Yes, please. More often. Well, he was here for a minute when he had when he was on the LA team back in the 2006s, sevens. Come on the Austin team. Yeah, Austin FC. That would be sick. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I'd, I wouldn't be divorced. <laughs> you want to know why? Hmm. That's my pass. <laughs> That's your pass? That's your hall pass? Oh, man. I don't... Ugh, it'd be hard to find, like... Because I've, I've got Ryan's. They're super cute and adorable. Yeah. I don't know who my hall pass would be. Who's your husband's hall pass? Who's Podhub's hall pass? I don't want to out him. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's... Hey, I get it. <laughs> it's his business. <laughs> that is his business. Oh, man. So anything else? Well, I know you've been watching Chicago Fire like crazy. I've been catching up on SVU. I'm on 16 out of 24. And they had a Chicago PD crossover. Have you watched that yet? I have not. But you know who's on Chicago PD? Hmm. Of course I don't know her name. Sophia Bush. Yes. Yeah, I know. She was on the crossover episode. That's why I was like, you you know Sophia Bush, right? (laughs) Yeah, she pops up on... She was on Chicago Fire one season like a lot. Okay, because I was wondering if they do that amongst themselves, among the Chicago's. Uh Uh Because there's like uh fire, PD, and something else. Med. Med. Thank you. Thank you. And Law and Orders are Criminal Intent, SVU, and then just the OG Law and Order, Law and Order, which are all in New York. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. She popped up quite frequently on fire a lot because they had a lot of cases where they... Because, okay, one of the paramedics... Her brother Antonio works for Chicago PD and in the intelligence unit. So obviously 
a lot of their fire cases, they have to bring in Antonio, and then they'd have to bring in other... Naturally. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did she ever have a younger brother that came back who was, like, used to be, like, on the streets and stuff? Have you seen that person yet? Oh, no. You know what about? Mm-hmm. Teddy. His uh-uh. name's Teddy. Okay. Uh-huh. I was just curious. Let me know if he shows up, because he shows up on this episode. I'm just curious if he goes over there. Okay. And I can't watch it, because it's on the damn paid part of Hulu that I'm like, of course, it's the one part of the streaming that we don't freaking have. You know what I'm saying? What? It's, I think it's, I think it's Paramount or Discovery Plus or Paramount Plus or something like that. Are you, are you talking about Chicago Fire? Yeah. Peacock. Hmm? They're on Peacock. Oh, they're on Peacock. Oh, well, shit. I do have that. So I'll just go over there. See. Yeah. Oh. They're on Peacock. But, Never mind. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So people are like talking shit because they're like, because we have Hulu with the commercials. We have all the things with the commercials, right? Sure. And they're like, I don't know why you don't just pay the extra and not have the commercials. I mean, because they're 25 seconds long and I'm not paying the extra $5. Yeah, it, it could be way. I mean, regular TV has like, feels like an hour worth of commercials, doesn't it? Now, like having the two differences, it's like a total I'm difference. Like, I'm like, why are you so snobby and judging me and my finances? Seriously. Seriously. Oh, wait, real quick. Do you still have HBO? I haven't canceled it yet, and I don't watch it, so I need to go home and cancel it. Don't watch White Lotus. It's great. I'm in the middle of my Chicago Fire life. I know, I know. You have to watch White Lotus, though. You would love it. It is, it's kind of a murder mystery, but it's like fake. It's all fake. It's not, and it's funny, and it's weird. I meant to ask you, after this, do you want to go with me to get a new tattoo? Like, right now? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Maybe. What are you going to get? I don't know, but I want a little one right here. Okay. This is not authorized by the pod hub. Oh my God. Although now it's like on the air, so to speak. Like it's, it's in the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. That sounds we'll like fun. see who's open. Oh God. Well, also like what's open. You don't want to, oh. you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't want to like walk like into that a... place by my house. That's a hard pass. Just don't get, don't get a bad tattoo is all I'm saying. Let's not do that. Been there, done that. Yeah, same. Got it covered up a couple times. Still, still wearing it hard and proud. Living the dream. <laughs> I mean, I did tell him I wanted a new one and where I wanted it. And he said, well, what are you going to get? I said, I don't know. Would work situations matter with that based on the placement of that tattoo? Ask me if I care. Yeah, I Like, know. my current work Same. situation? I mean, shit, I have hand tattoos. What am I saying? Are you talking about my current one? Yes. Ask me if I care. Do you care? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. They can fuck off. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Unless they're listening, and then... I love it there. Let's talk about murder. Are you ready for my episode? <laughs> yeah. Born November 22nd, 1986. In Johannesburg, South Africa, to Hank and Sheila. They were the middle child of three. Oh, middle children. Uh Uh-oh. The family was prominent in South Africa and lived a middle-class lifestyle. Then when they were six, their parents got divorced, causing a strain between them and their businessman dad. And eight years later, their mom died tragically due to a drug complication following a hysterectomy. Ooh. All bad. Now, you would think there wasn't anything else that could happen to one person, but that is actually not the first of the tragedies in this person's life. It 
Oh, wait. I got to rewind. Also, it's 1986 in South Africa. Apartheid's going on. This is just bad. It's just not good. Hold on. We forgot to address something. What? It's Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Hey, y'all. It's Valentine's Day. (laughs) It's the day of love. Well, you know. I hate Valentine's Day. I know you do. And I have a Valentine's Day episode. So it does have something to do with Valentine's Day. Yeah. Do we get to guess what it is? Huh? Do we get to guess what it is? I mean, you can guess who this is. Okay. Before I get there. Also, I have a very hard and fast Valentine's Day rule. Which is? A, if you're a man, no, no, sorry, you should send always your significant other flowers if they love flowers and want them. That's, yeah, that's Don't true. be a dick and be like, I think it's a waste of money and I'm not going to do it. If it makes your other happy, fucking send them the motherfucking flowers. For real. Okay. Two. You should show your other, you love them 365 days a year, not just one. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I agreed. Now, I have a Valentine's Day episode for you. (laughs) Starting in 1986 in apartheid South Africa. Go. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Now, you would think there weren't any other tragedies that could happen to one person. I hope not. I mean, because that's like. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to happen to someone in their first, how many years of life? Eight? Oh, wow, yeah. But actually, it all began when they were born. They were born without a fibula in either of their legs. Now, their parents had to make the heart-wrenching decision to have both their child's legs amputated (gasps) below their knees before their first birthday. I know who this is. Within six short months of getting a pair of prosthetic legs, they were walking successfully And they never slowed down. In fact, they became very involved in sports and did everything from cricket to wrestling to boxing. Then, when they were 16, they got a knee injury in a rugby match. They were playing rugby with prosthetics, you guys. Also, yeah, what the what? And then, I just realized this person is like my age, which is very weird. And while rehabbing the knee injury, they were introduced to track and became the king of the sport. That's right. I'm going to tell you about Oscar Leonard Carl Pistorius. Oh, God. This person. It's so funny you mentioned this. I was actually talking about this person at work the other day. And I was like, I haven't heard anything about them since. And I remember seeing them on TV going, holy shit, that is so badass. I'll let you continue because in case you don't know, it's wild. Yes. Oscar Pistorius. Oscar Leonard Carl Pistorius. Leonard Carl So Oscar competed in his first 100-meter race in January 2004. Then just short, just eight short months later, he won the gold medal in the 200-meter race at the 2004 Athens Paralympics. And again, he doesn't have the bottom half of his legs, y'all. He's a fucking para-athlete. Well, he was was wearing a pair of flex-foot cheetahs. Flex-foot cheetahs are a lightweight carbon fiber foot. Okay, those are so cool. They look like little blades. And I, this is the badass part. I was like, that dude looks fucking badass. Like, you know, he looked sick, right? Like he looked more aerodynamic and all this shit and he's out there running. I'm like, that's insanely cool. So after the Paralympics, Oscar started competing in several races in South Africa against able-bodied athletes. 
And this actually drew attention to European race organizers, and they began inviting him to their events. And that's how he started racing in able-bodied races. Mm, That's awesome. But of course, things didn't go smoothly because, well... I wouldn't be telling you the story if it did. Right. Of course, unfortunately. There was controversy surrounding Oscar and the prosthetic legs he was wearing when he ran. In 2007, the International Association of Athletic Federations banned Oscar from competing, saying that his prosthetic legs gave him an unfair advantage over able-bodied athletes. And, of course, Oscar appealed the ruling, and in May 2008, the Court of Arbitration for Sports overturned the IAAF decision. Yeah, that's silly. So here's my question. Does that mean athletes that compete in, let's say, archery and have LASIK or lens replacement can see better and have an unfair advantage and should be banned from competing? Very good point. Exactly right. Just spitballing. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. The ban and appeals process caused Oscar to miss out on the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. But this didn't discourage him. It only made him more determined and focused, so he set his sights on the 2012 Summer Olympics in London. And he began his training. And through all of this, Oscar is nicknamed the Blade Runner and the fastest man with no legs. Yeah, the Blade Runner. That one was, I was like, dude, that is so sick. That is (laughs) such a cool name, right? Like... So, while on his Olympic path, he earned three gold medals at the 2011 IPC Athletic World Championships and one in the 400-meter and 100-meter at the BT Paralympics World Cup. Then, in the spring of 2012, Oscar's dream came true and he qualified for the 400-meter race at the London Olympics. Unfortunately, he was eliminated in the semifinal round, so obviously his legs didn't give him an advantage. But he did make history as the first amputee athlete to complete, compete in the track events at the Able Body Olympic Games. And Oscar was so excited, he flew out his 89-year-old grandma to watch him race. That's really sweet. Unfortunately, this isn't the end of Oscar's story and his tragedies. There are just some people that can't escape Bad things. Yeah. So Oscar found himself back in the headlines in February 2013 when his girl- girlfriend, Reva Steemkamp, a South African model, was found dead inside of his home in Pretoria, South Africa. According to the police, Reva was shot and killed on Valentine's Day morning. Mm-hmm. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Reva had gunshot wounds to the head and arm. Of course, Oscar was a suspect. I mean, it was inside his own home. Where they look first anyway. Reva was his girlfriend. It was his home. It's just what they do. Yep, yep, of course. So, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to take a moment to tell you how the justice system in South Africa works. So, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to give you a rundown of the court system real quick. So, the common law is based on the Roman-Dutch law. The judicial system is compromised of the Supreme Court of Appeal, the High Court, and the Magistrate Courts, as well as several special courts, including special income tax courts, labor and labor appeals courts, and land claim courts. So there's different entities. The Supreme Court of Appeals is presided over by a president, 
and is supreme in all matters except those relating to the Constitution, which together with human rights cases are the responsibility of the Constitutional Court. The High Court has at least one division in every providence. Circuit courts are part of the High Court, which move around the country, which move around the county sitting periodical in the more rural areas. So they kind of have... Oh, it's like, so they go around the rural area yes. to cover it all. In mm-hmm. other words, okay, got it. The high court deals with appeals from the magistrate's courts and the most serious civil and criminal cases, other less serious cases by the magistrate courts, and the cases before the high courts are heard by a single judge and appeals by at least two judges. Okay. So the judges are appointed by the president of the republic with the advice of the Judicial Service Commission. Got it. Okay, those are the different courts. Now, the process to get to the court system, it's kind of like here in America. First, they identify their suspect, and they have to have enough to arrest them. The accused will be arrested and brought into the police station, and once they're brought in, they must be informed of their right to institute bail proceedings. If they're not released, they must be brought before the lower court as soon as reasonably possible, but no later than 48 hours after the arrest. Okay, so due process is very quick for them. Yes. The magistrate will determine whether or not the accused will receive bail. And this is like a very condensed version. Oh, I'm sure it's way more complicated. Yes, I'm kind of... Well, yeah, because again, we're not going to have an entire podcast on the... South African court system. Yeah. (laughs) Judicial system. Unless you want that, hey, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) So the magistrate will determine whether or not the accused will receive bail. A record of bail proceedings will be part of the trial record. And if bail is denied, appeals to a higher court are permitted. And now there's different scenarios, whether there's bail, whether there's not bail. Like, you can research it yourself. I, I tried. It was... No, it's important for the story because it does matter for this. Yes. So once the prosecutor decides who to charge and what charges to bring against them, they're brought against the accused. At the summary trial, the accused can plead guilty and is immediately sentenced. Oh, wow. When they plead not guilty, the equivalent to an American trial happens. Okay. And the accused will then get their verdict, but it doesn't always happen the same day. When they are found guilty, they are sentenced appropriately. And like I said, it's a quick summary, and it's really more detailed than that, but I... So, real quick, the judges are handing down those sentences. Yes. Not a jury. Right. Okay. And like I said, it's more detailed. I just didn't want to be here for 18 days. Right. Okay. So, February 19th, just five days after Reva's death, Oscar was in the magistrate court in Pretoria facing premeditated murder charges. And a mandatory life sentence. Damn. That's quick. Mm-hmm. You will find out how quick the South African justice system moves. Wow. I don't hate it. In court, Oscar admitted he unintentionally shot Riva in his home on Valentine's Day. According to Oscar, he thought Riva was an intruder and shot her through a locked bathroom door. Yeah, okay. Here, let's get into this. Because, okay... Are you going to get more into the day of, or like the, the details of the crime? Probably, yes. Okay, I won't talk about that, because this part has always confused me, so I'm glad we're kind of going, going into this. Oscar's trial began March 3rd, 2014, 
So we're now like... <laughs> How many days after? Not, not many, right? When did this happen? So March 3rd, February 14th, so like two weeks later. Well, it was really a year later because oh. this happened in 2013. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Okay. Got but it. So a year really later. a year... Not bad. No, we have some people still in jail right now waiting on trial two, three years later or whatever. Like 10. Shit. Jody was there for like what? F- three or four? No, it was Casey. Yeah. Casey was there for three or four, but yeah, who yeah, cares about her. And they actually tacked on additional charges. Oh, shit. In addition to the premeditated murder charge, they added on two separate gun indictments that were unre- unrelated to the murder. Okay. And Oscar did what they all do. He pleaded not guilty to the charges. Of course. Yeah. Oscar said he was frightened by an unknown intruder, which caused him to shoot the bathroom, shoot at the bathroom door when coupled with his vulnerable state of mind without his prosthetic legs. Okay. Okay. Oscar's neighbor, Michelle Berger, testified that she heard a blood curling scream from a woman on the night of the murder, followed by a man yelling for help three times. Michelle claims to have heard the gunshots. So prosecutors argue that Oscar argued with Riva on the night of the murder, causing Riva to lock herself in the bathroom. Oscar did what not all defendants do. He took the stand in his own defense. Oh, no. The first thing he did was offer apologies to Riva's family, and then he claimed to have shot her by accident. During his testimony, he broke down in tears. There were rumors... He had taken acting classes before his court appearance, but of course he denied those claims. And I I personally think that's a little outlandish, but crazier things have happened. That's true. It's like, really, you think this guy's that much of a psychopath that he'd be like, let me just get some acting classes real quick here before my court appearance. Like, what the fuck? Come on. (laughs) Like, what? I mean, like, if you want to, like, ensure that you cry on the stand and you can't cry on demand, like... An acting class might help you. Yeah, or throw some hot sauce in your eye. Or, like, stare at a light for too long. Or poke yourself in the eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not this hard to cause yourself to cry. I I mean... If you were going to fake it. Like, if you wanted to ensure that you looked sympathetic, like, a couple acting classes might help you. I don't know. Crazier things have happened in our stories, so I'm just... To me, it sounds outlandish because I'm not fucking crazy, it's very outlandish. And also, it's one of the, is it one of those rumors? Like you said, it's a rumor? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. whatever. It said it was a rumor. Yeah. So a few weeks into the trial, there was a recess. And then when the trial resumed in May, and I couldn't find how long the recess was, but I guess they like took a little time off. Oscar's lawyers called a psychiatrist to testify that he suffered from generalized anxiety disorder. And I'm like... Don't we all? Exactly right. <laughs> I literally typed... Bruh, come on, who the fuck doesn't? I mean, if you're living in the world, you're you're dealing with generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> Why do you think I'm medicated? Hello. And speaking of everybody, this is your reminder to take your meds today. Take, take your meds. Take your generalized anxiety disorder meds. Yes. So this was introduced as a possible influence on Oscar and why he shot Riva because of his generalized anxiety disorder. So judge though Nice. Then called for another delay, so Oscar could undergo a full mental health evalu- examination by a team of psychiatrists. Again, that's great. Good. Let's just make sure, right? I mean, doesn't happen in America. The psychiatrist report 
was released in June, and it determined that Oscar did not have an anxiety disorder, and court was resumed. Yeah, well, it was worth a shot, man. Those acting classes? Didn't work. Didn't work (laughs) for you there, big guy. Yeah. The court resumed and lasted several more weeks before both sides presented their closing arguments. September 11th, Judge Masipa found Oscar not guilty on premeditated murder, but he was later found guilty of culpable homicide, and in October, he is sentenced to five years in prison. I think he argued with Reva. She locked herself in the bathroom, and he couldn't chase after her because he wasn't wearing his legs, and he shot her from the bed. Yeah, so question. This is where, this is where it confuses me. Okay, mm-hmm. so timeline. Exactly right. He, they're going to bed, whatever. He's going to take his legs off because you're going to sleep with those fucking things, right? Right. So they're fighting in bed. She gets pissed, goes to the bathroom, locks the door. We've done it. Hello. We've all had that argument, right? And then he's like, fuck you, you know, yelling at her through the, through the door. He's yelling at her from the bed. And she's probably yelling back. He can't get up. Why? Because he doesn't have his legs on. He doesn't have his legs on. So then she's, now he's like really getting mad. So he's crawling out of bed and he's like, you know what? No, fuck you. I, I think the gun was in the nightstand and he just grabbed the gun and shot through the door and happened to hit her twice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what I think happened personally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause this part always confused me as I was like, wait, what? Cause then it was like, wasn't there like blood on his legs or something like that? Some weird detail like that where it's like, okay, was it coming underneath the door or how is this happening? I didn't read that, but I really am not buying he was had anxiety thinking it was an intruder because honestly, like your girlfriend's spending the night, right? It's Valentine's day. The girlfriend's spending the night. Obviously, personally, I hear noise. I fucking think I know my first thought is my husband, not a fucking intruder. Exactly. And also if you knew she was in there and then you're like, Oh, there's an intruder in there with her. I would think you wouldn't go. I'm going to shoot at the door. I'm going to put my legs on. I'm going to put my legs on first and check out the situation. Right. Not like I'm going to shoot through the door and potentially injure or kill the person I love. Exactly. That's not my first thought. Exactly. Right. right. I'm just going to like Annie Oakley it. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. It's a math ain't math and dude. Sorry. So he was found a culpable homicide and since five years in prison. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely agree. So. October 19th, 2015, Oscar was released from prison and placed under house arrest and correctional supervision for four years. December 2nd, 2015, a top appeals court in South Africa determined that Oscar was guilty of first-degree murder. Interesting. So appeals there go the other way. Exactly right. Oh, so wait. So if they go... Actually, we're looking at the evidence again and... Nah, dog. You, you're, you killed her. Exactly right. Whoa. I fucking love this. That's the bananas. Prosecution or the state or whatever you want to call it can go, I don't think they got it right. Huh. We're going to appeal this. Now it could go the other way too, where I don't think they got it right and it's an innocent person and then it's like, oh fuck. Right. Exactly oh, right. Got it. So the court believed that a misinterpretation of laws combined with a dismissal of circumstantial evidence had caused prosecutors to offer a lesser charge of culpable homicide in 2014. On the charge of first-degree murder, Judge Eric Leach said, and I quote, 
I have no doubt in firing the fatal shots, the accused must have foreseen and therefore did foresee that whoever was behind the... Oh, I hit a button. I'm sorry, you guys. So they're saying that upon review of the evidence again... So it's interesting. They have a checks and balances for their judgments as well, which, hello, that would be fucking nice. I'm sorry. He said, I have no doubt that in firing the fatal shots, the accused must have foreseen and therefore did foresee that whoever was behind the toilet door might die, but reconciled himself to the event occurring and gambled with that person's life. The identity of his victim is irrelevant to his guilt. I agree completely, completely. So on July 6th, 2016, Judge Masipa sentenced Oscar to six years in prison for Riva's murder. This sentence was condemned by the South African National Prosecuting Authority on the grounds that it was far too lenient and disproportionate to the crime. September 2017, the Supreme Court of Appeal announced that it would hear the state's argument against the six-year murder sentence and scheduled a court date for November 3rd. Whoa. Yeah. They said, you know what? Not enough. Nope. Six years, not enough. Yeah. Fuck you. All right. So November 24th, 2017, the South African Supreme Court of Appeals handed down a new sentence. Wow. Remember, he's already out of jail by now. Probation, everything. Wow. The new sentence, 13 years and five months. So he's got to go back. The Supreme Court Justice Willie Surite said that Oscar failed to explain in the multiple court hearings why he fired the shots and did not seem remorseful for Reva's death. Yeah. It's one thing to apologize to her parents and another thing to take responsibility for your actions and go, yeah, I fucked up. Y'all, the courts can come back and give you... More time. This is fucking insane. That's insane. We've never covered a case like this. No. I love it. It's it's wild. I love it. So what I, happened? I mean, obviously he's he went he's to jail. He's still in jail. Oh, he's still in jail. Oh yeah, he's 2016. Still in jail. Thirteen years. He's still in jail. Oh yeah, he he'll be twenty thirty whatever before he's out. He's still in jail. Shit. He's still in jail. That's wild. So I'm wondering so, what happened to him. Revis's mom, June, gave a speech at Revis's former school in Port Elizabeth, and she has said, and I quote, I didn't want him to be thrown in jail and be suffering because I don't wish suffering on anyone, and that's not going to bring Reva back. Yep. Wow, mom. That's a... She's, she's done some therapy. You know what I mean? She's done the work because that is a very kind statement to say, and, and I agree. I mean, obviously, like, we've covered some way more nefarious people, this, to me, he did the wrong thing in the heat of passion, as they say. But it's different if it was like a pattern of abuse and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, he, he fucked up 100%. He needs to be in jail. I agree. He murdered her. But I, I also see where his mom's like, look, we've already have enough suffering going on here. We don't need to continue it. I just love that they can go, now, I want to appeal this. I yeah. think the first judge got it wrong. That's, I would love that for like, especially cases where, I don't know, Casey Anthony, maybe. Yes. yes. Where that, there's like that checks and balances behind a yes. judgment. I think that's a really interesting thing. And I would love for us to have that here in America. Can you imagine? God, talk about the innocent can project you, wouldn't need to exist necessarily. Can you imagine if like the prosecutor could go back and tell the Florida court system on Casey Anthony, 
mm, I'd like to appeal this. I think you got it wrong. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would be like, hell yeah, I'm here for this. Let's go. Let's dance, bitch. <laughs> yeah. How That's much do you love that? Amazing. And oh, by the way, speaking of the Innocence Project, meant to tell y'all, are we having new Patreon series February through, well, until it's over, in a Guilty Until Proven Innocent, and all the Patreon money we get, period, all of it, is going to go to donations to the Innocence Project. So if you guys sign up, just know that that money is going to go there. Plus, you'll get some cool shit. You know, you got some merch and everything in there, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, dude. That's interesting. I loved that. That's a that's an interesting way to do things there. I wonder if it's still the same if they've changed it. No, it's probably still the same, right? Yeah, I would say. And it didn't say that he got credit for time served. Yeah, no, it sounds like he had to serve a whole new. It's not yes. like, oh, we're going to take a five because you already served five. Right, it's like, right, no, right. that was your OG sentence. Now here's another new sentence. Yes. Damn. South Africa, I love you. Wow. First of all, your judicial system moves fast. Yeah, it does. They don't, you don't play. Uh-uh. And B, the prosecution can go, mm, I don't think this was right. I'll change it. Let's, let's revisit this because I think the first judge was smoking crack and got it wrong. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? Only five years, sir. Yeah. Sir, culpable homicide? I don't think so. Yeah. Let's revisit this. That's amazing. I thought it was great. I'm actually, I will say this though. It made me really sad to see this happen because I was like, he's the fucking Blade Runner, dude. Because you thought his legs were cool. Dude, he was cool. can have those legs. Huh? Those legs weren't special to him. Anyone can have those legs. I'm just, I know. I'm saying like, if I have to, if I have the the lose my legs wheelchair option or like, you know, prosthetics, believe. I'm like, get me some of them blade legs. Hell yeah. And like a glitter gun arm as while well. I'm at it. You know what I'm saying? If I have if I have to lose some limbs, let's go. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love it. And here were my Valentine's Day options. This or the Valentine's Day massacre, which did not fit my parameters. No, although a good one. Man, that's some organized crime if you've ever seen one, for sure. That thing was fucking nuts. I know. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't blame you. You don't like mafia shit, though, huh? You're not You're not that kind of gal. Here's why. I'm afraid they're going to come get me. They don't even exist in the U.S. anymore for the most part. They don't have that kind of power. Now, the cartels? Yeah, no, that's different. But I mean, cartel and mafia, to me, is the same thing. It's totally not. The cartels don't give a flying fuck who you are. Man, woman, child, do not care. Mafia, at least for, like, women and children, mm, only if they get in the way. But cartel... Do not give a fuck. So, yeah, I'm a little more scared of the cartel. <laughs> Plus, they actually have power. The I mafias. Mean, you talked about the cartel in the podcast, and I was like, I'm separate from her. I'm separate <laughs> from her. We're not the same person. <laughs> yeah. I'm separate from her. <laughs> no. Plus, You're we're in Texas. Come after anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I get it. But no, the mafia, it was since like the, what was the 90s, was the last time you really had any power in this country. And I, I'm just saying. It'll be fine. I'm Plus, just I saying. highly doubt that there's a giant cadre of Texas mafia go. Like snitches dudes. get stitches, bitch. Just saying. Snitches <laughs> we'll be get fine. Stitches. I live by that. <laughs> snitches get stitches. All right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to get tattooed. <laughs> on your hand. <laughs> That'll go over well. And it's like on your knuckles. Snitches get stitches like super tiny. Like, God dang, girl. I roll up into work with snitches get stitches. You're like, got some new tats. They're like, Ah, uh, hey, you all right? Nobody else will throw my ass under the bus again. <laughs> no, they will not. Oh, God. Well, okay, so... Uh, 
You ready for the star person this week, I guess? <sighs> so I was going to do somebody else, but then I was like, no, I kind of have to do this person because the Super Bowl just happened. I'm going to do star mom, Rihanna. Didn't we already do her? No, we haven't done her yet. We've done Beyonce poorly on episode like two, I think I did her. And I was like, this is, again, I did not. You can't, people like this, I feel like I'm not going to do them justice. So I'm going to do my, the best I can. So. Have you noticed you always do like Rihanna, Beyonce, Lizzo, and I do like Amanda Gorman, MLK Jr. Hey, I did Nelson Mandela, okay? <laughs> and I've done some other people that like, you know, but yes, I do a lot more pop culture because, you yeah, know, that's <laughs> what I like. But also, yeah, she's a star mom now. So I wanted to honor that. I was like, she's, yay do her so rihanna born rihanna robin fenty was born february 20th 1988 in saint michael parish barbados she's the oldest child of monica and ronald fenty and her dad struggled with alcohol and crack addiction and her parents got divorced when she was 14 which rightfully i get that as a kid she loved reggae caribbean music american hip-hop and r&b and she loved to sing she would sing a Mariah Carey song at her high school talent show. And just like Lizzo, she started a girl band with her friends in 2004. Girl band. Bring back girl bands, baby. I think actually there are quite a few that are coming back now, which I'm like, sweet. They got lucky, this girl band, because music producer Evan Rogers, get this, was visiting Barbados with his wife on vacation. Okay. And the girls, I don't know how they heard about it, but they got an audition with him. So my guess is one of those, like, please just audition us. Please, please, please. In my head, they just happened to show up at the restaurant he was eating at and just started singing. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Th that's how it happened in my head. But, you know, my head is like La La Land. <laughs> it's like Candyland on crack. <laughs> so he saw Rihanna's talent out of the rest of the girls. And unfortunately, her two friends were out of luck. And to quote him, he said, the minute Rihanna walked into the room, it was like the other two girls didn't exist. Ugh. Sorry, two other girls. <laughs> like, whoever you I are. mean, did she at least like bring them on as like... Oh, they were all three a girl. My, from what it sounds like, it's they were all three together. It wasn't know, like her in the like, front. but like when she became famous, did she like bring them on as like background singers or like fashion I stylists or something I don't know actually they didn't really because if she them. didn't like give them a hand up she can fuck right up <laughs> so at age 16 and only one year after this chance meeting Rihanna moved to the U.S. to move in with Evan and his wife to record her first demo album so it takes a lot of trust to do that and she said quote when I left Barbados I didn't look back I wanted to do what I had to do even if it meant moving to America in 2005, at age 17, she got an audition for Def Jam Records with President Jay-Z. She said, quote, I was in the lobby shaking before she auditioned, but when it was time to, to do it, to sing, she just calmed down. It was like she was in her element. After Jay-Z saw her perform, he signed her right then, and eight months later, she was singing Ponda Replay, a reggae-inspired song that went number two on the Billboard singles charts. I mean, you all know that song. I mean, like, that's like a comp, that's a, one of her verse songs. So then, then it just kind of spiraled. 2007, we got Umbrella, then Don't Stop the Music, Disturbia. 2009's album Rated R released, had S&M, Hard, and Rude Boy. 
She's consistently put out hits, and her last album, Auntie, was released in 2016, and there are rumors that a new one might be coming soon because we haven't had an album in almost 10 years now, girl. Let's go. Let's go. And we're recording this pre the Super Bowl, so if there's like this announcement that happens where it's all of a sudden, oh my God, new album, new tour, I'm going to be fucking finding out how much those are because I looked at the Beyonce ones and they were stupid expensive. One ticket's like a $1,300. I was like, whoa. I looked at the tickets for Madonna. Oh. And I was like, and I'm out. Yeah. How much are they? About the same? For nosebleeds, it was like $400. Oh God. Yeah. That's insane. I don't Who could afford these tickets? Like who in the, who could afford this to go to see a concert anymore? This is crazy. So my boss, he's going. Well, of course he is. So in 2009... Rihanna's was date, Rihanna was dating Chris Brown. Okay. We, if you weren't alive then, it was like, this was pre Beyonce and Jay-Z. The, like, this was like a power couple and holy shit, the world was ending, you know? Also, we needed something after Britney and Justin broke up because, you know, there was that whole thing. So they, they filled the hole before Beyonce and Jay-Z came onto the scene and right before an awards show, Chris Brown decided to be a piece of shit, and he violently assaulted her. She had facial bruises. Unfortunately, the photos are still out there if you want to even view them. But at the time, she said, she, quote, put my guard up so hard. I didn't want people to see me cry. I didn't want people to feel bad for me. It was a very vulnerable time in my life, and I refused to let that be the image. I wanted them to see me as I'm fine. I'm tough. I put that up until it felt real. I will say this, from 2009 to today, the, how we treat celebrities and how the world and our country views this type of thing is wildly different. That was very common, even then, to just, let's just fucking move on. Let's just fucking move on. Yes, what happened was abhorrent, and, and the sentiment was that he was a piece of trash for doing it to her, but she got two little, like, gun tattoos underneath her arms, like, by her rib cage, got some, like therapy and moved on essentially and that was it like it was no talk about this person's career needs to end because of this which let's be real that's horrible to do to anybody like you do not touch a woman like that ever so they did also try to date again like in 2012 they did that whole thing and but they've remained friends since she said that he since has changed but she also stated that any form of abuse is unacceptable so she's basically found a way to live with it for herself and for you know her family, I guess, but it was definitely a weird time in the world. And this was also back whenever 2000, I'm going to say between 2006 to about 2012, the, the culture of celebrity in there that was like preached at us in, in America was really toxic. Perez Hilton was like just talking shit about everybody. Oh, and that everything. was when he was a terrible human being, but God, we loved yeah. it. Oh, we loved it. We loved it because we were like, basically how it was presented is these people aren't real people. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what they think or feel. Who cares? By the way, he just moved to Las Vegas. Oh, did he? Yeah. With his son? He has three kids now. Oh, he has three kids now. A son and look. two daughters. Holy crap. I had no idea. Yeah. But yeah, it was terrible. We were terrible to celebrities. Like, just not like... We're much better now, but we do see, like, they're people. They have other pressures. Yes, they get paid a fuck ton of money to do whatever they do. Don't get me wrong. They live in privilege, but it doesn't mean that they're not human beings. Right? I mean, I think Brittany and Pam and everybody else has taught us sense that these are real people. And 
Okay, so Rihanna isn't just known for her musical talent. She's also a fashion designer for her lingerie line, Savage Fenty. The latest show is streaming on Amazon, actually featured Johnny Depp. She also owns and owned a high-end fashion line called Fenty that didn't last, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. This was notable because she was the first corporation, she was the first, what was it, fashion house helmed by a woman of color backed by the clothing line LVMH. Now, these are the people who own Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton, like this, these, they are the richest family in the world, corporation in the world. So they backed her clothing line. And this was the first black woman owned, person of color owned that they backed. And it sold in 2019. I remember some of the designs. I was like, it was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> so she also has a skincare and makeup line, Fenty, which launched in 2017. And I've tried it. It's great. It's also one of the first major brands to have over 50 shades for everybody's skin tone. Her lines have been made mindfully as well. And speaking from experience, her eyeliner is shaped like a triangle pen, so it doesn't roll off the counter. It has a cap that you can plug into the back, like a marker. It works like a marker, so it's easier to apply. Like, she put some thought into this. This wasn't like, I have somebody else do this and put my name on it, i.e. Kylie Jenner style. So... She also received a Council of Fashion Designers of America Fashion Icon Award in June 2014, and in 2017, she spoke at Harvard after being awarded the Humanitarian of the Year Award. One notable quote from that speech is, As I stare out into this beautiful room, I see optimism. I see hope. I see the future. I know that each and every one of you has the opportunity to help someone else. All you need to do is help one person expecting nothing in return. To me, that is a humanitarian. And why, you may ask, she was getting this award, because she founded the Clara Lionel Foundation, named after her grandparents' names, Clara and Lionel Braithwaite. Her foundation, quote, invests in climate justice initiatives in the Caribbean and United States and helps communities prepare for and withstand natural disasters. Link on our website blog for you all to take a look at it and support. And as I said earlier, she just recently became a mother on May 19th, 2022, to a son with ASAP Rocky. She also recently crossed the billionaire line for net worth, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world. So she is, she basically made an empire from nothing. So she's our star mom for many reasons. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do Rihanna because I figured, hey, she's uh, kind of top of mind for everybody because of the, you know, Super Bowl, of course. But I just love her. I think she's great. I also love how like she doesn't really talk much about herself or anything at all. She's kind of pretty silent on most things. But when she does speak, you're like, damn, like she always has something really profound to say. And I just love how when people talk shit about her or whatever she's doing or wearing, she's just like, yeah, and you know, like she was also one of the first musicians I remember seeing get like hand and arm tattoos, like in very visible places. And again, at the time, it was something that they just didn't do, you right. know, like you as a musician or a pop star, you don't get tattoos, especially visible ones, because it meant like the end of your career and all this shit. And now we have Post Malone. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. Well, Because yeah. it doesn't. Who cares? You know? So, yeah. I wanted to do Rihanna. A new mom. 
I actually don't know her baby's name. She's pretty private, and I'm, hey, I respect that. I respect that. Well, I think, like, most famous people are now starting to be more private about their kids. Because, let's get real, their kids aren't the ones that are famous. Yeah, no. They deserve to have their own life. Yeah. However they want to live it, famous or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't be making money off your kids. Oh, God, please. Like that. That's, yeah. Kardashians. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Although, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have a momager. Because think about it. Like, we wouldn't have to work now. We could just sit at home and be like, I know, right? And then just stab at, like, pieces of lettuce on, like, a marble countertop. Like they do all day. And that's what they do. Yes, but your sex tape would have been released by your mom. I know. But, like, marble countertop? Stabbing at lettuce? Millions of dollars in the bank? You know, it could be worse. It could be worse. Right? I mean, I don't have a sex tape to release. I don't so. either. <laughs> I know. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.